Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. Today we begin this new series, The Miracles of Jesus, and, and I have been anticipating this message for quite some time, and I'm just going to dig into it. So open up your, your Bibles, if you have them today, to the Gospel of John, chapter 11. If you don't have your Bibles, we'll have it up on the screen for you, but uh, let's, let's jump into to God's Word this morning. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her were also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how we loved him. But some of them said, could he not, could he who opened the eyes of the blind man kept this man from dying? Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out with his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is probably a passage that you have heard many times. For those of you that have been in church for a number of years or maybe back in the days when we had Sunday school, you were probably taught this lesson by your Sunday school teacher. It truly is an amazing miracle that we see in Scripture. In my opinion, I believe that this is one of the most amazing of all miracles. But we see so many different miracles. We we see Jesus healing blind eyes. That's a miracle. We see Jesus making lame people walk. That's a miracle. We see Jesus giving Deaf ears, the ability to hear. Can you imagine never being able to hear? And then one day, now you hear people talking. That's a miracle. We see Jesus feeding thousands of people with two fish and a few loaves of bread. I can't feed my family with that. And Jesus feeds thousands. That indeed is a miracle. And they had leftovers. That's a miracle. Every single one is a miracle. You don't have to stretch your imagination. It indeed is. But this miracle of Jesus bringing Lazarus back to life stands out to me by far. A dead man who has been there for four days is now up, alive, and walking. And no, this isn't the Walking Dead series. This isn't zombies. 
This is a man who was dead who was back to life. Verse 43. Jesus says with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus walks out with all the markings of a dead man. But he's alive. Jesus spoke and a miracle took place. Everybody in that community knew that Lazarus was dead. It was no secret that he was alive a few days ago and now we have buried him. He is in the tomb and that's where his dead body lies. Everybody knew his story. And now he's alive. Why did Jesus do this particular miracle? Why did Jesus come on the scene and speak to the dead man to come out of that grave? I see two reasons that I want to take a look at this morning. The first reason I see is because I truly believe and we see in scripture that Jesus had compassion for the family. His heart broke for them. Jesus knew, ultimately, that they were going to be reunited in heaven. Jesus was not wondering, well, if, you know, Lazarus, maybe. He knew that one day they were going to be together again. But his heart broke for them to see them in pain, in their grief, in their loss. In their mourning, he had compassion for them. His heart broke for them. The shortest verse in the Bible that's in every Bible trivia game that you will ever come across, John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. That's it. One sentence, two words long. But what it lacks in length is deep in meaning. What that little verse in the Bible, the smallest verse in the Bible, what it lacks in length is deep and significance and meaning. Jesus weeping shows his humanness in that moment. Jesus shows that he is, and all, by all accounts, understands what it's like to be a human being with flesh on. To understand pain, that you see somebody walking through a, a terrible moment, and your heart breaks for them. Just as we prayed for the families in, in El Paso, in, in Dayton, Ohio, our heart breaks for them so Jesus is looking among them looking and seeing their heart is breaking and he weeps he cries he is brought to emotion because of their pain but I submit to you it's not just Jesus humanness that causes him to cry it's his divinity that brings him to emotions God's heart breaks when our heart breaks God cares about what we are going through. We do not serve a God who is uncompassionate. We do not serve a God who is unloving. We do not serve a God that just looks down on us and turns his back in our deepest, darkest moment. No, I submit to you, we see Jesus weeping is the heart of God on display that he cares greatly for you and I and what we go through. God understands our emotions. He understands our pain, our hurt, our grief, our mourning. If you have lost someone who is close to you, you understand that pain. 
You understand the hurt. You understand the heartbreak. You understand waking up in the middle of the night just wanting to hear their voice one more time. You understand the pain of losing someone close to you. You understand grief. This week marks three years since my mom passed away. I still grieve for her. But I'll tell you what, the grief is not like it is today as it was on day one. The grief is not the same as it was on day two or day three. But the grief is still there. Because I long to hear her voice. God understands my pain. God understands when you lose someone significant to you. The hurt that your heart feels. And I truly believe that someone needs to hear this today. God understands your pain. Whether it's the loss of someone close to you. Or something going on in your life. Or a a, a trial that you're going through. God understands and is moved to compassion on your behalf. God cares about you. Jesus weeping shows God's heart. Jesus felt their pain and was moved to do something. He was moved to act on their behalf. He was moved by compassion to bring their brother brother back to life. We see twice in this passage that Jesus had compassion. That shows Jesus' human side and it shows his divine side. But the miracle wasn't only just for the family. It was to to show and to exemplify the true nature and power of God. Look at verse 40 and 41. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you. That you have sent me. In verse 42, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe you sent me. The benefit of the miracle was for the family. Jesus was moved by compassion, but it was also to show the glory of God on display for everyone to see. Everyone knew that Lazarus was dead for four days. Yep. Checked in, yep, two, three, he's still dead. Everybody knew that he was still dead. But Jesus performed this miracle so that in turn, everyone that knew that he was dead, that saw him alive, what are they going to do? They're going to tell everybody about it. Everybody in the the whole area, everybody says Plant City is small, and yes, it is. Somebody sneezes on one side of the town, are you sick? I got a doctor you can go to on the other side of town. You can't go to the store without seeing somebody you know. That's why you go to Lakeland. No, I'm just kidding. You all do it. Don't say you don't. You're laughing because it's true. Everybody knows within a small community things that take place, especially major events. Things that happen. There are, there are people in our community that... that Listen to the police scanner on a regular basis just to know what's going on. Some of you are like, I can do that? Oh my gosh, I need to download it on my phone. I need to know. Yes, you can. I'm telling you, go for it. 
People want to know. They want to know the gossip. They want to know the, the juicy tidbits of small town life. In this day and time, everybody in the community knew Lazarus was dead. Now Jesus moved by compassion and to display the power of God. Now a dead man is alive. There is no way, no how those people were going to keep that secret. They got on their phones and they got on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and every social media account. to No, they didn't do that. That's what we do. But they told everybody. They went everywhere and said, can you believe that Lazarus is alive? What are you talking about? He's dead. No, he's not. I saw it with my own two eyes. Well, I got to check this out. I got to verify it. I've got to see the evidence. So they go and they see Lazarus is alive. Who did this? How did this happen? This guy Jesus showed up on the scene and he spoke to the grave and he came out. No, that's not true. No, yes, it is. There is no way to keep the secret of a miracle to yourself. God wants to do miracles in our lives so that we may share that with everyone we know. I would much rather hear what God is doing in someone's life than the, the robbery that happened on the other side of town. I would much rather hear the good things of God than gossip of what's going on between a husband and wife. But we focus on the negative rather than the positive. I submit to you today, church, over the, this today and the next for however long not just this series, but as long as God wants to do this, that we as a church talk of God's goodness, share of his miracles, what he is doing, his love, his kindness, compassion to everyone we come across. That we get on Facebook and we tell of God's goodness. That we get on social media and we say, this is what God is doing. That we pick up the phone and we text people and say, this is what God is doing in my life. Not, can you hear about or did you hear about so-and-so and such-and-such? Such? I'm going to ask the worship team to come today. And as we conclude our time this morning, I want to say something that I have said before, but it's worth repeating, and I know I'm going to say it again and again and again. I believe we serve a God who can and still does miracles. Amen. I believe we serve a God that is alive and well. I believe that we serve a God who wants to move and is, wants to move in our lives because he is moved by compassion for us. I believe what this word says to be true, that when we join together, when we have faith and believe that God will move, I am crazy enough to believe what the words of this book say. And I know there are some people in society say, well, you must be crazy if you believe that book. I tell you what, this book has been scrutinized cover to cover. It has been dissected. It has been ripped apart. And you cannot take it apart because it is the firm word of God. It will last forever and ever and ever. So if we say we believe it, then why don't we act it? Why don't we have a little bit of faith today? 
Why don't we let our faith rise up today and allow God to do some miracles in this house today? He's already started. I said it a few minutes ago. He was just preparing the table for what's about to come. I've been waiting to preach this message. And oh boy, at church, I hope you're ready to receive what God has in the next few moments. Prepare your hearts for what's to come. I don't understand why and how God moves. That's not my mind to comprehend. The only thing that I want to do is receive what God wants to do and to step out of the way and say, God, you move how you see fit. As I see through this wonderful miracle of Lazarus in his life, Jesus knew that he had passed several days before. But four days went by and Jesus enters into the scene. Jesus could have immediately spoke and called Lazarus back to life when he first heard the news, but he didn't. Sometimes our miracles take time. Perhaps you're in a time of waiting God, I've been waiting on this miracle. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Maybe you have given up. Don't give up. Jesus might be rounding the corner today to call you out, to speak to your life, and to provide the miracle that you've been waiting on. This morning, if you would like, I would ask you to stand with me this morning. You may need a a, a healing, a miracle in your life. You've been waiting. You've been waiting. You've been patiently waiting. Today may be your day. This past week, Rebecca and I had an opportunity to go to our, our general council, which is the Assemblies of God, our fellowship, our annual, biannual meeting. On Friday night, the pastor from Texas came and she spoke to to all the pastors of the Assemblies of God. No easy task, but she did a phenomenal job. At the end of her message, she shared a little bit of her story and her life. She said that her and her husband had been trying for many years to have a child, and they just couldn't have a child. There was no answer. The doctors could not provide one answer why they couldn't have kids. In her early 30s, she finally got pregnant. They were so excited. They were full of joy. Their first baby was on the way. But Christmas morning, they rushed her to the hospital and she had a miscarriage. Several more years went by. She had pretty much given up that she was going to have kids. God wasn't going to answer her request. At times, she doubted. At times, she even became a little bit bitter. But she shared one Sunday morning, she was at church, her husband's the pastor of the church, and he gave an altar call at the end. And a little girl who was four years old, who she knew and had a relationship in the church, came up to the altar area. She stepped up and put her arm and kneeled down beside the little girl and said, what can I pray with you about today? And the little girl looked up her and said, Pastor, I don't want you to pray for me. I want to pray for your baby. She was floored. She, how to, I'm not pregnant. I, wh- why is she talking? She's, but she said, you know what? I, I took that four-year-old girl at her request, and we prayed for my baby. 
Three months later, she found out she was pregnant. She gave birth on Good Friday the following year. She had all but lost hope. She had all but given up that the miracle would not take place. But the faith of a child stepped out and said, I want to pray for your baby. A simple prayer of faith. And a miracle took place. Somebody needs a miracle today. Somebody needs a miracle today. As I was preparing for this message, I had a certain direction that I was going, and I was prepared, and I shared Rebecca the other day that this is where I was going, and last night, God said, no, 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 absolutely not. I've got a new direction for you. As I was preparing this message last night, as I finished, I heard firmly within my spirit, the Holy Spirit speak to me and say these words, get ready. Get ready. I said, God, get ready for what? I said, get ready for what I'm going to do. Get ready. And then the Holy Spirit prompted me to say these words that I'm going to say right now. He said, say to the church, say to my church, are you ready for your miracle? Are you ready for your miracle? I know, I know the knee-jerk reaction is, yes, I'm ready. But I know I want you to be ready, to be firm in your mind. Yes, God, I am ready to receive what you have for me. I am ready to receive my miracle today. I am ready to receive all that you have for me. I thought about that and I said, God, yes, everybody's going to be ready. Yes, they are. And he planted me in my office for 30 minutes and I could not move. And he said, you get ready because this is what I'm going to do. Prepare your heart. And I said, God, I thought I was ready, but I wasn't ready. It took me 30 minutes before I could pull myself up and say, God, I understand now. It makes sense. You may not be ready. You may think you are, but you may not be. I ask this question with the Holy Spirit inspiration today. Get ready. Prepare your hearts for what's about to take place. Get ready for a move like you've never seen before. Get ready for miracles to take place in this body of believers because God is moved by compassion and God wants to display his glory for all of Plant City to see. Get ready. As the worship team leads us in this song, I'm not going to ask anybody to move. I'm not going to ask anybody to do anything, but prepare your hearts. And when you're ready, say, God, I'm ready. And then march down here and believe, God, that a miracle is going to take place. Take a stand and say, God, you're calling me out. Lazarus, come out. The miracle is on the way. Get ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Miracles are about to take place. And let me tell you, let me tell you, they're going to be physical. They're going to be mental. They're going to be emotional. Things 
things that have held you back for far too long are going to come crashing down today, you better be ready for that. You better be ready to walk in the newness of life. You better be ready to walk again. You better be ready to strength again. You better be ready to receive all that God has for you. I'm calling. God is calling you out just as Jesus called Lazarus out. He's calling us today. We receive it, God. We receive everything you have. May our hearts be open to you. We are ready for you to move. We are prepared to receive all you have. God, move. Holy Spirit, move. In Jesus' name, we are ready. God, we thank you so much for miracles. We thank you, God, for healing, for touching, for restoring. God, I thank you for the, the lives that have been impacted today. But I know that I know that I know that this is just the beginning. Today is not a one-time event, but rather the beginning of truly amazing miracles. And not miracles that we can boast about just to, to, to be prideful in ourselves, but to boast of your goodness and of your love and of your compassion and of your grace and your great and wonderful love for us. We don't seek miracles just to have them. We, we seek because our hearts cry out to be whole. You see our compassion. You see our hearts and you, you lean out in compassion. And we thank you so much for that, God. I thank you, God, for those that received a touch today. And we will shout it from the mountaintops of your goodness telling everyone what you have done in our lives and in our bodies. But we know that you're not done. Today, maybe be day, maybe day one or day two. But Jesus arrived four days later. And we will still wait. And we will still have faith while we wait. We know your word. We know your truth. And we stand on that today. Again, God, I thank you for your word to us. May our hearts stay steady. May our minds be totally fixed on you. May we be inspired when we read your word. That our hearts would be lifted up. That, God, I pray over the next few days and weeks that when we open your word, that it just shouts to us of your goodness of your love and your grace as we continue to move forward. You are all we need. We seek so many things, but indeed it all comes down to you. You are everything we have need of. You are our supply, our source of all things. You are good, and your love endures forever and ever and ever. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You are worthy, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today, indeed, is just the beginning of great things to come. 
Are you ready? Are you ready? Throughout your week and throughout your time, I just I pray that that question just resonates with you. Are you ready? And when you say you are, say, Lord, yes, I am, and go full head steam and receive everything he has for you. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? Visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.